Hello guys and welcome back. I know it's been two weeks when I set out on this notch project. I did not think it would take this long, but I needed two weeks. But before we hop right into notch, we have to discuss some of the new things coming. We did not get a snapshot that first week. We got a new beta update, which includes new villager mechanics. There's now a new villager economy based on supply and demand. So the more you trade for something, the more demand there will be for it, making the more expensive they will be. So if you trade a really good, tr so if you have a really good trade with a villager and you trade it quite often, you can expect the price to get jacked up. Also, we have a new status effect called Hero of the Village, and you achieve the status effect when you defeat a raid, and it will give you discounts on all villager trades. When a raid starts, it'll also be a dimension-wide noise, just as if you had spawned the Wither, which is the only other noise that can be heard wherever you are in that dimension. But we have a new snapshot this week, 19w11b, and it's pretty long. And uh, Adrian Ostergaard says that uh, today's snapshot marks the village and pillage update as, for the most part, feature complete. We're still planning to do a big polish pass, but there may be some small features snuck in here or there, but ultimately... But ultimately, it's bug fixing from here on out, and we're hoping for a release quite soon. So this is actually pretty exciting. In the past, we have thought that the Village of Pillage update would come out June, July-ish. We might get this update actually much sooner. Maybe in late April, early May which is quite exciting. Uh, they have some more accessibility improvements. We'll get into those also. They added a globe pattern, pa banner, pattern, and item. Although we don't know how this globe pattern, you can, how you get it on a banner. So at the moment, you can only get it through commands or the creative inventory. As I said, the trading changes, the like the UI change is in this update and the supply and demand. Uh, smithing and fletching tables, the last two tape new crafting station to get accessibility. We'll talk about those also. And TNT and TNT minecart explosions now have a 100% drop rate. I'm not sure quite what this means, but maybe we'll talk about it bit later but let's get into this accessibility stuff uh, there's a new accessibility menu which provides a useful place for all of our accessibility features to be toggled and this includes uh, that you can kind of turn on the narrator the narrator which was like shift control B or something I don't remember might have to go back to an early episode if you want to find out or do a bit of digging yourself and there's just a bit more things to better easy kind of not like in so not really like customized like 
the game, but customize how you would play the game, like certain buttons and such. This is all under one menu, and and so that's a bit useful if you like to mess a little bit to kind of fit your playing style better. Now, smithing and fletching tables. A smithing table is crafted with four planks and two iron ingots, and a fletching table is crafted with two planks and two flint. I have messed around with these a bit in beta. They have existed in the beta and the snapshots with this crafting recipes. And they just didn't do anything. They look pretty good. And they're also a work site. So the, the like blacksmiths will use the smithing table and the fletchers use the fletching table. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but now for a villager to continue to function, they have to have access to a bed and their workstation. So, for example, a farmer will need access to a bed and a composter. A cleric will need a brewing stand and a bed. So, a fletcher will need, well, a fletching table and a bed. So, this doesn't quite break trading halls it just means the little container you have is just a bit larger so the so what I think I'll do just to my own personal trading halls maybe that I've built in the past is just make it a bit wider so you can sneak a bed in there maybe in the floor even and just chuck in like their crafting station and then place that next to a chest and bing bam boom you're good they also have personal inventories but lots of new trades have been added villagers can now actually level up so i've experienced this in the snapshots and the beta it's pretty cool so basically you have a more visible way of seeing what the villager will trade for in the future and they'll have silly names like explorer and like warrior and stuff like that so for example if you see this i have this particular villager this farmer and you can see like his first tier and you can see all the stuff he has he'll trade you potatoes for emeralds but then you see his final tier and he'll trade you like a cake for one emerald and so you say, oh, a cake for one emerald's pretty good. So you grind, you trade him potatoes, and uh, he now you can get that cake. So it's just a little more visibility. And their UI has been updated, as I have said. This is all coming into the snapshot. This stuff has existed already in beta for f two or three weeks. It's coming to the Java snapshot now. Uh, and... The villagers, so the reason they need their workstations to restock up. So if you deprive a villager of their workstation, they will not have any more things to trade for you. So I think this is a way around a tr villager locking up and not letting you trade until you trade for something else, which is quite frustrating when it happens. I am pretty sure this gets rid of that. And uh, they added visual trading where a villager will display the item they want to trade for you your in-hand item so if you walk into a village with an emerald in hand villagers will hold up an item and you can trade without even going into their into, into their um, 
a GUI, although this might be dangerous because they could rip you off because it doesn't quite tell you the quantity, which might be dangerous. So you could see some, them holding up some sweet item, but then when you trade, it just takes away the whole stack of emeralds you had. So be a little careful, a little wary. They've had more villager changes include they have a daily schedule, and they will they will, for example, go to work and meet up at the village bell. So the bell is just kind of like town meetings and stuff. Each villager has pathfinding for their bed and workstation. Each profession has a specific block that works as a workstation. I've already said this. Uh, some are new of the blocks, like lecterns for villagers. Some of them are older, like cauldrons for leather workers and brewing stands for clerics. And village section is now based on beds, job sites, and meeting points instead of doors. So iron farms and village breeders are going to be way different. And now instead of having a clump of doors, you can have a clump of uh, trading stations, a clump of beds, and some bells. So that's just a bit different. Also, iron golems spawn when enough villagers meet. So... Every village already has an iron golem, but if enough, even more villagers come and they meet, more iron golems will spawn. And a bunch of bugs have been fixed. Also, cocoa beans are now just called cocoa. And they fixed some stuff they accidentally did. And uh, they're just, there's some of this stuff. Like slimes and magma cubes can still attack players when they're in their death animation, and the moon has an orange light. And also, there was a bug where if a dog killed a mob, it would mess stuff up and give you the wrong loot table. For example, say your dog killed, uh, let's see, a skeleton, and it dropped rotten flesh. Stuff like that. And another bug that I'm glad they fixed is if you change your language, your whole hotbar will remove everything. This is kind of a bad bug. And a bunch of other stuff. Also, they fixed shadows and all kinds of stuff. So just a bunch of silly stuff that we have. Long list. Long list of stuff. Also, apparently, the Mojang website has this series called Taking Inventory, which is basically a little article that ta talks about a specific item. For example, the three most frequent one, uh, recent ones were Snowball, Name Tag, and Feather. So it's... Sort of what we're doing right here, guys. And I'm a bit excited because I've had been having trouble getting longer episodes. And we've already hit 11 and a half minutes. So I think we're doing pretty well. But now, it's notch time. Okay, first up we have the article we have painted by Mi the Minecraft Wiki. 
this is an uh, overview right here and one quote that he has on December 29, 2010 is 2010 is almost over, I see it in my dreams. And his full name is Marcus Alexe Alexege per Person. It's like person except with two S's. So, person. Marcus. For some, sometimes I call him Pedersen for some reason, but Marcus. He was born on June 1st, 1979. He's 39 years old right now. His occupation is game developer, and he is Swedish. If you want to visit his personal website, it's notch.net. And uh, he's most notable for creating Minecraft, obviously. Uh, if you want to check him out on Twitter, he's at notch. And his Minecraft name is notch with a capital N. And... Although Notch is a bit starchy on Twitter and is kind of known to be a Minecraft well, critic now. He doesn't like the way direction it's going. Some of his main complaints include like in-game tutorials. So that was part of the thing that Notch did not wanted Minecraft to be was no tutorials in like no tutorial in-game. Although there is now some tutorials you can play in-game, and Notch is sad. Also, Notch does not like the shop, the minecoin system. He That's probably what he complains about more, and the, that and the tutorials. And, yeah. Uh, Notch started his programming at the age of seven using his dad's Commodore 128. He produced his first game, which was a text-based adventure, a year later when he was eight. So he started at the age of seven, and at the age of eight, he created a text-based adventure using the help of type-in programs. And then in 2005, he started working as a game developer for King.com. But he left in 2009 to work as a programmer at Jalbum. After Minecraft sales grew, he moved from full-time to part-time to at Jalbum and eventually left to focus full-time on Minecraft in June 2010. Many of the Mojang employees, including CEO Carl Manne, are also ex-Jalbum employees. Outside of work, he frequently takes part in competitions including the Latum Dare LD12 and the Java 4K Game Programming Contest. And at this Java 4K Game Programming Contest, this is also where he created like a mini version of Minecraft. It's like a weird version where it's just a bunch of blocks and they form really weirdly. You can find videos about this. But it's considered a dead dead language uh dead version of minecraft and i believe it only had one update and that was to slightly update the textures but that's it i'm not even sure how you would get this but uh he found notch also founded his part of the mo yang website that can be found at the moyang.com slash notch person Notchin sold Mojang and all of its assets to Microsoft 
on September 15, 2014, in a lengthy blog post, Notch states, I love games and I love to program, but I don't make games with the intention of them becoming huge hits and I don't try to change the world. So basically, he created Minecraft just to be one of those other games he had, but then it became really popular and Notch was just like, what? And so he kind of left. He doesn't want to change the world. Well, too late for that. It's the second best-selling game. <laughs> well, and he also left with some of the other founders. And he writes, as soon as this deal is finalized, I will leave Mo Yang and go back to doing Ludum Dares and small web experiments. If I ever accidentally make something that seems to gain traction, I'll probably abandon it immediately. This is kind of depressing. I don't... I don't really know why, though. So, he does not want to be famous as a great game developer. Too late. You're probably one of the only game developers that every kid recognizes the name of. And it's just sad that he will not stick with the game that, if it gets popular, he basically abandons it. And he is credited to creating some games. The, some of the first games were just ripoffs. The first one was Meg 4K Man, which was a Mega Man clone featuring old school graphics. Then he made Left 4K Dead, which was just a game... That was Left 4 Dead. Then he made T4KNS, which was a real-time strategy game. He made Miners 4K, a, a game that was sort of inspired by Lemmings and Diggers. Then he made Hunters 4K, a first-person shooter. And now, let's pause right there. I noticed that he uses 4K in almost every game. First, first, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games? What? Well, after this Hunter's 4K, he made Dungeon 4K, which was a dungeon exploration game. Then he made Sonic Racer 4K, which was a racing game, except he stole some sprites for this game. Then he made Dachin 4K, a gravity-based shooter, I 4K Right Ritz, which was a Luxor clone. And finally, he created his first kind of original game without 4K, which was called Blast Passage, which was an 8 bit mashup between Bomberman and Gauntlet. Then he made a game called Bunny Press, which was a violent puzzle game made for the London Dare 14. So. Yeah. And then Breaking the Tower was a slow-paced strategy game. Then he made a game called Europa Arcology Incident. So, if we look at these first four titles, they sound pretty cool. My favorite of which was the Europa Arcology Incident, which is an RPG-style game, Notch, made in 48 hours for the London Dare 16. And I assume the London Dare is some sort of programming challenge or such. And uh, he goes back 
to cloning stuff. He made Infinite Mario Bros, which is a Super Mario clone, except it was an endlessly long video uh, level. Then he made the Metagun, also a pretty cool name. A puzzle game Notch made in 48 hours for the London Dare 18. <clears throat> then he made Minecraft 4K. And this was the Minecraft he made in for the Java. I already talked about this. This is, yeah. He also made Minecraft, obviously. He made the Prelude of the Chamber. Chamberid, an escape game Notch made in 48 hours for the London Dare 21. He made Minicraft, a top-down Zelda-esque game with elements from Minecraft made for the London Dare 22. And he made some uh, other games. He made Legend of the Chamberid, which is probably his second most well-known game. And I don't think it was ever finished, although... What I've heard about it is, it seems pretty fun. And he's created some other things. He's Notch Skin is quite popular. I think on a scale of popularity, I think it's his Notch Skin. Then Notch in Cartoon Style. That was featured uh, in the official Minecraft guidebooks. The... Yeah, handbooks. And then, just him. One of these images is of him unboxing his new hat with a shirt that says, I pork chop Minecraft. I will post that on the Twitter page if you are interested. This will be up at Ender Chest Pod on as the handle on Twitter and that's Marcus in a nutshell based on the Minecraft wiki that's how that paints it now separate from the Minecraft wiki we have his we have his article on YouTube, although it pretty much says everything, although it does elaborate a bit more as he sold Minecraft to Microsoft for $2.5 billion. He currently lives in Beverly Hills, California. And his current net worth is $1.4 billion as of December 2018. He is married to Ellen Zetterstrand. Uh, I think it says something about a divorce, though. So that's questionable. He also made another game called Scrolls. Oh, he had an idea with another. Per he made this game with Jacob Porcer. Man, I hate names that are not in English because I can't pronounce them. So, based on the analytics, I actually have listeners in Sweden, Sweden, and 
Seattle, not Finland, Sweden, not, not Denmark. I can't think of it. Think of it. Scandinavia is. What is it? It's Norway. 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 There we are. Norway and Sweden. We have some Norwegian and Sweden. People listening from Norway and Sweden. So you probably might be cringing that I am messing up all these names. But uh, Scrolls was uh, kind of a game that was inspired by board games and collectible cards games and but Notch actually did not actively develop this game poor sir mainly developed this and they were sued by Beth Bethseda Softworks LLC over the trademark name of scrolls claiming that it conflicted with their Elder Scrolls series of games Although I think that's just a bit funny because this has nothing to do with Elder Scrolls, which is uh, role-playing open-world epic fantasy video games primarily developed by Bethesda, Bethesda Game Networks and published by Bethesda Softworks, the series, uh, yeah. And there was, was basically a board game, collectible card game stuff. And Notch had the best way to solve this. He challenged them to a Quake 3 tournament to decide the outcome of the naming dispute. But the lawsuit was going to court as announced on the 27th September in 2011. And this and Mo Yang won. So and Notch is also known for creating some April Fool's Day. Um, what do you call it? Jokes and stuff. Joke games. And yeah, so Let Him Dare is a forty-eight hour game making competition, and he made. Some and as I said, he's made some games for it, including Breaking the Tower, Meta Gun, Prelude of the Chamber, Chambered, and Minecraft. And uh, so, after all of this, it just gives us a little bit more into him. And we'll be back when we have even more. We have more to discuss right now. So now you have heard the story of Notch. But there is more to his story. Today he is known as more of a Twitter personality. So... As I said, he often criticizes the way the Minecraft game and brand is going. 
but he also talks about some other things. He's been criticized on Twitter for having tweets that don't directly show political party, but he often seems to lean to the right and Republican as he kind of agreed with some things that were Republican. And I'm not going to get any political stuff on here, but apparently this is scandalous for showing your opinions on Twitter. Also, he said had a tweet that said, Q is legit, don't trust the media. And what was Q? Q was a conspiracy about a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. That basically ran human trafficking and pedophile activities known as Pizzagate and also known as QAnon. And he said it was legit. And that's... He endorses that it is true. And many people are throwing him under the bus for thinking it is true. Many people believe that it is just a hoax. Like most conspiracy theories and things that come out of DC. There's lots of crazy stuff talking about DC. <clears throat> but if you don't live in the US, you probably don't care too much about these things. But Notch has moved to the US, lives in California, and is pretty active. And that upsets some people. He upsets a lot of people. Basically just by having an opinion on anything. If it's not game related and he has an opinion on it, people throw him into the fire. He gets to burn because he has an opinion. And I don't think this mentality is correct. I always think it's not correct when someone famous, i.e. Notch, is expected to have no opinions other than something closely related to what they do as a job. And I don't think this is correct. But now that we've gotten some of the actual serious stuff that's talked about Notch, let's lighten the mood and talk about the silly. Harrowbrine. That's what we've got to talk about. And if you are a self-respecting Minecrafter, you've probably heard about Harrowbrine. Harrowbrine has become synonymous with the Minecraft brand, and it was a hoax invented by some YouTubers, and was originally retextured doors and paintings. It got more elaborate as people created an account, and there's actually an official account registered, Herobrine, although it is noted that the Herobrine account has never gone to a Minecon. 
Also, Herobrine has been teased. For example, for the Bandful update 1.8, it was they teased in the change log that Herobrine was removed as a joke. Also, in one of the mine cons, in the mine cons, you can find him in the design logo. Some mine cons have him more like blatantly out there. Some have him more hidden. But as the story goes, the weird mythology of Herobrine is that he's the dead brother of Notch come to haunt his video game. And it's wild. If you've seen YouTubers who actually believe this, it's sad. Usually, this is more of the thing that you would see preteens into, although the age of Minecraft for preteens is almost dead. As game more like first person shooter games and battle royales have taken over with games such as Fortnite, Apex Legends, PUBG and the and the like. But it wasn't always like that. Now, if you go into an elementary school or primary school or whatever they call those first years of school, where you'll see seventh, the seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds talking about, I saw Herobrine in my Minecraft world, telling stories of how they found Herobrine and how he's the ghost brother of Notch. I would rather have not talked about this on this podcast, but I decided that might as well burn this weird, funky story as it has to do slightly with Notch. I know it may have not seemed like a long episode and may have not warranted for these two weeks. I had to do a little bit more digging to get some of this stuff, such as the QAnon, although probably could find news articles about this. Compiling, knowing where to go, and I hope that you're happy with this episode. It's my first spotlight, and you can expect the next one if t- this month is March. Expect the next one in May when we jump on Jens Bergestein, also known as Jeb. Hopefully, it won't go as dark as this Notch episode. But, who knows? And if you have any questions, any topics you want to suggest, just shoot us an email at nhspod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Our handle is at EnderChestPod. And remember the weird picture of Notch opening a box with his hat. That's going to be on the page. Don't be sure to check it out. It's pretty cool. So, 
I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, the world out there is infinite, but they removed Herobrine.